Before we start today's episode, Jake's got some news. For the first time ever, this Friday at 10am, we're going to be doing our first ever live podcast from right here in this studio. It's on our YouTube page, at Echo of Glory. So head there for 10am, where hopefully we will be toasting a famous victory against West Ham and teeing up an even more famous victory against Newcastle. And if that's not enough... We might even have a former Premier League player, Premier League legend. We don't like to uh, confirm things too far in advance, as his attendance might not be a given. Uh, thanks for that, Jake. So, on this week's episode, we look back at the Man City draw, ahead to West Ham with the Moose from Talk Sport, and we also chat injuries with injury analyst Ben Dinnery. Welcome to another episode of Neck of Glory. Joining me, Gary Diamond. Hello. And Jake Robson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, let's start with a question. <laughs> good weekend? Uh, good weekend. Yeah. Good weekend that got, got a lot better by about half six. It really went that way. When you woke up on Sunday morning, we talked about a few weeks ago after we lost to Chelsea, waking up on the Monday morning going, oh God, or the Tuesday morning, going, oh God, I now remember last night. Did you wake up on Sunday morning going, yes, Spurs are playing, or oh God, we're playing Man City? Um, yeah, the latter. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say I thought we would, well, get a result. No, the latter being you were excited, what do you mean the former? I wasn't excited, so whatever, whatever it was, in whatever <laughs> order. I just didn't, I just didn't see it. Okay. I thought we'd play like how we play, but I just couldn't. Right. Gary? I, I was really grumpy all day Sunday. No, <laughs> no. no like, it's hard to believe. I was really grumpy all day Sunday. Yeah. And, and I couldn't work out if it was because I woke up knowing that I had a day at home with the kids. Or because, <laughs> or because um, uh, I, I was just dreading what was going to happen at 4.30. Um, and I think I was just generally really worried about what was going to happen at 4.30. But uh, yeah, it got better. It did get better. It did get a lot better. I think I broke a national record on Sunday. For what? I had three showers. Whoa. It's all lovely imagery. <laughs> so I woke up Sunday morning, shower, went to play football. 1 8 0. You're welcome. Um, Get any goals? I played in goal. That's two clean oh, sheets clean in a row. Yeah. 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 Uh, came home. It was raining. Took a shower. Went out. Took my son to his football match. Pissing down with rain. Had another shower. And I was thinking, I reckon I've had the most showers in England on this today. I reckon, I reckon you've had the most shower, the echo of glory, that you would be leading the way on echo of glory, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Under what circumstances would somebody need four? Four. I don't think I'd want to know. Well, <laughs> there's still time in the day for, some, for another activity. If you didn't watch the top Family game, show. Uh, well, paintballing. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a paintballing. A cross-country run. I'm not doing any cross-country running. No, but somebody could have done. Yeah, we do yeah. have paintballing up the road from us, actually. There you go. Okay. So next week. <laughs> Three showers plus paintballing. Okay. Should we talk about the football? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. it's laughs> um, Gary's like, enough of this nonsense. There's no real club news because the 21s and 18s didn't play. 21s had their match against Man United postponed due to a frozen pitch, which is probably a good thing because we needed some of their players uh, in the squad on Sunday. So off we trotted to the Etihad where we've had some great moments, we've talked about them before. We've had some bad moments, which we've not talked about before. We've had some thumpings there, but some, <laughs> but some absolutely brilliant uh, days there. And for those that were there, I imagine Sunday was uh, was another one. But we lined up uh, probably as expected with Vicario in goal, 
Porro, Emerson, Davies, and Udogi left back. Bissouma and I'm doing this from memory now because I've not got it up on my laptop. Bissouma and Lacelso, and then Gil, Kulisewski, Johnson, and Son. For me, again, it was the Hoiberg question. He didn't start him. He wait 45 minutes to, to bring him on. But again, line up as expected for you or what you wanted. Yeah, like I mean, I thought we played very well against Villa um, with that lineup, and it's, uh, the result didn't reflect the performance at all. So I, I'm, I'm an advocate of staying with the st- same lineup that played as well as it did. The question being, was it overly ambitious to go to City with that lineup? Mm. But well, it's what you wanted, though. The whole- it's certainly what I wanted, and 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 I think you know at the same time. I don't see a future for the likes of Hoiberg at the club. We've discussed this. So, you know, uh, um, starting him to me seems a little bit redundant versus somebody like Hill because that's the only sort of real uh, possible change a- 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 and it turned out to be that change. Um, I'd rather see if Hill has it rather than knowing that doesn't Hoiberg know, perhaps he? doesn't. He doesn't have it. Well, I mean, are we going to go on to that now or... We, we'll come to it. No, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. But I think it's a, like I said uh, last week or Jimmy to, to, to Seb. I think it's a short conversation. <laughs> I think it's a short conversation, but we will have it. Jake, line up. Yeah, I just didn't see anything, any, any alternative. Okay. I, I don't think Hoy, I don't think Hoybier. We know that is not his number one choice. And also, Lacelso scored against Villa, so well, he, there was no question he wasn't starting. I don't know whether he may drop Hill, put the Celso further up nah, and, and bring in Hoyberg. Not after he's heard Gary's rant about uh, Wolves. No chance. The three sixes, <laughs> not a chance. I hadn't said he doesn't do podcasts, mate. Well, and, and also, the thing about um, leaving Hoybier on the bench is that is that whatever you say about him, he's he's, an, he's the other option, isn't he? So yeah. he's, he's yeah. the... If you need to shore up the game or, you know, it's I still another option. Hoiberg's or, or hey, f- if you need some control at half-time, you know. Yeah, Hoiberg's done a fantastic job off the bench this season. Yeah. He's been a consummate professional. And I have no actual issue with Hoiberg. I think he's a very, very good player in the right team, in the right setup. I think in a in a Conte team, a Mourinho team, you know, teams like that, teams that aren't aggressive front-foot teams, I think Hoiberg's a really good player, mm. and I've got no issue with him at all. But he isn't the right player for this system or this team. So I don't really see the value in starting him unless injuries or squad status is such that you don't have many options but to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The subs bench were, were amazing. We, we, we know we've got injuries and we've got a great guest on later. We we've got a great guest on later. Stay tuned for Ben Dinnery on, on injuries. Our subs bench, two goalkeepers, Forster and Austin. Hoyberg Richarlison, first team players for Leeds, who I looked as had eight touches in his four substitute appearances in total. Yago Santi Yago, who I know very little about. <laughs> He's had a good season so far, yeah, actually. yeah. Uh, Donnelly, who's had a very good season uh, for the youth teams, and, and Dorrington, who who comes highly recommended from from the youth setup compared to the City bench. Uh, Phillips. Well, what, what's funny before you get on to yeah. this was the comment from our City fan last week that uh, it would be the bench which loses City the game. I mean, yeah, and I, I picked but up on that. Their, and I said, like, "Well, I guarantee their bench is going to." Their bench wasn't amazing. Uh, well, compare it to us. Yeah, I will. So they got the goalkeeper. Gomez, uh, Phillips, Stones, Ake, Kovacic, Grealish, who came on and affected the game, uh, or uh, Ortega, Gomez, uh, Bob, and so Ortega's the keeper, isn't he? Bob and Lewis, but, but some young players, some very good young players. Hey, they could all start. But, it's, but some, and the money they spent on that bench, Phillips, uh, Kovacic, Grealish, 100 million. Anyway. Ake, 40 million. Yeah. That, 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 anyway, that, there's wh- about 300 million on what that. What did bench, it do right? for them? Well, did it, well, Grealish came on and scored. 
beep all <laughs> in the end. And apparently, but for the referee, would have had a guaranteed second goal. Well, that will come to. That will come to. Save my rant on that. That will come to. Um, so we we started the game faffing about as we like to do at the back but again that's the way we're playing we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum we give away a corner from faffing about and then Gill did ultimately the best thing he's ever done in, in a Spurs year. I know we had that good game against Palace last season but great turn uh, and we break and we score and Doku's son's one on one with Doku and I've watched a few Villa City <laughs> fan vlogs stopped just stopped. <laughs> it was just bizarre. It's like, I don't defend. I don't fancy this. <laughs> I don't fancy this. I don't fancy chasing Son back. To be fair, I wouldn't fancy chasing Son back, but Doku has the pace to do it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Son's... But he did look and see Johnson. I'm surprised he didn't score it, but I don't think Edison's the best shot stopper, actually. Uh, he's Son great. scored a couple of times under Edison's body yeah. in that way. Like I feel like the ball has bounced off Edison's underside and bounced up and Certainly one in the Champions Son. League yeah. uh, quarterfinal. So we go 1-0 up. Then 130 second, 137 seconds later... Um, it's one all. I was out at this point, and I looked at my phone. And, what do you mean? Um, Where did you go? I had my son's oh, game. Yeah, that, was, your showers, that was pre two, oh. pre shower two and shower three. Right. Okay. So in between shower two and. Shower I, three. I only know your Sunday by, by showers now. So. <laughs> so I looked at my phone. I was running my son's football team, so I couldn't really go too deep into it. They just said Son scores, and I'm like, oh, we've scored. We're one up. <laughs> and then I opened up. I opened it up wide and went, Son scored at both ends. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. But 137 seconds between goals. Do you would like a stat on that? Yeah. I'm going to give it to you anyway, even if you don't want it. Is, the, is he the first person ever to do that? He's the f- second player in Premier League history to score at both ends in the opening 10 minutes of a Premier League wow. match after... Uh, can you give me the name? I mean, Frank Sinclair. <laughs> close. I've got a great Frank Sinclair story that, <laughs> that I'll do one day. Um, Gary, just a name. No, I couldn't even think of it. It's going to be a Tottenham player. but It's I... not Ruddock. a Tottenham player. It's Gareth Barry. Wow. Oh. Uh, for Aston Villa against Charlton in 1999. <clears throat> Sorry, How's no... Gareth Barry close to Frank Sinclair? These are Frank Sinclair. Close? You went yeah, close. You said the guest was close. <laughs> yeah, but like kind of like old. <laughs> Is that old close? Yeah, not close at all. <laughs> <laughs> be more opposite. Different positions. I mean, they, they weren't that... Cl- they must have been... Um, you know, years apart. Maybe Barry was playing at the begin- at the end of. Do you, I need, do you think I need to retire as my job as a football star? <laughs> 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 oh my god! Frank's is that, is that your job? Gareth Barry for the first time being compared. They're both going. What's going on here? <laughs> that is my job. Maybe I need to look elsewhere. <laughs> uh, plumber. Plumber. <laughs> uh, so it's one all, and then we didn't do much, did we? After that, they scored a lovely second goal. Davies went a bit AWOL and, and Foden couldn't miss. You think we did something? You look like no, we you didn't, didn't agree no, no. with that. I, I think the first half was, um, you know, it was, it, it, we made clear mistakes and, and City knew exactly what they wanted to do against us. And we, we couldn't get out and we couldn't find the way out because they pressed Royale when he was on the ball. And at times he was trying to do far too much. We are absolutely loath to go long and I don't mind that. But sometimes you've just got to relieve the pressure. Um, but... The, the, the big disappointment of the first half, the real big disappointment for me was, was Brian Hill. Yeah. Because... Let's have that chat then. Come on. Well, you know, you want to give him the chance. And, and here's a player who's clearly a talented footballer. The question was always going to be, has he got the physicality to do it in the Premier League? But what bothered me most about his performance the other day was in the first 10 minutes, he does, as you said just before, the best thing he's done in a Spurs shirt, which is take the ball under pressure on the edge of his box turn out and yep. find that out pass that gets us away. And it really was an excellent bit of play. 
And off the back of that, you should have a player that is now brimming with confidence, saying, right, let's go, let's do this. From that moment on, it has to be one of the single worst performances I've seen in a Spurs shirt. Wow, and, and, wow, and, and there have been a few. And, and, and he's it, been going to Spurs a long time. It, 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 <laughs> Home it, and away. it really was. Uh, it really was. Sort of, it just highlighted that I don't think this kid is ever going to make it in the Premier League. And, and, and it's not even just that... City got on top of him and they physically dominated him. And yes, he's up against Kyle Walker, who's one of the best right-backs the Premier League's ever seen and, and, and physically very domineering, particularly against a guy like Hill. So you could mitigate it and say, well, Kyle Walker's up him all the time. He hasn't got a chance. But then you see an opportunity. I think it was with the score at 2-1 City coming towards the end of the first half. And it oh, was yeah, Silver. You're going to die on this hill. It, yeah. it, <laughs> it, it was Silver who misplaces a pass. Yeah. And... Hill, for the first time, in the whole game, I think, actually collects the ball without a City player within five, ten yards of him yeah. in an attacking area. This is where you come into your own. You've done something great. You're full of confidence, or at least you should be, right? But this is where you come into your own. You've got what I would consider at this level to be a very easy pass to Son as one option. The other option, and I took a free frame, I showed you, yeah. is that... Edison is miles off his yeah, line. Yeah, you, you sent me a freeze frame. I think sometimes I... No, I've watched it. It's not even just a freeze frame. Okay. Ed Edison takes a bit of time. He's backpedalling fast, right? If Hill takes that first time, or even on that second touch, gets it out of his feet and pings it, a good player, a properly good player, I don't even mind if they don't score. But to see but it. You've you got to see it. Yeah, he ended up doing nothing. And that was the moment for me that his Spurs career died. I was like, no, nah, this, it, it, this is It's not easy to sit here and say that, but I, I, you sent no, me the free but, but, okay, No, but he but had options. If, you don't, take, he had if options. you don't take the chip. At the time, watching it live, I didn't see Edison off his line, but I was screaming, son, 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 and the guy hasn't done it, right? He, and, can't, and, he couldn't hear you. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, I was watching it on TV, but I mean, you know, it, everybody saw that pass to Son. It was an easy ball. It's even on his left foot to make that ball. Like, you've got to make that pass. Son went mad as well absolutely ballistic and that to me was the moment where it was just he's not got it yeah I've got it Gary, not uh, Jake level. you always you know give a, give uh, a, a more positive appraisal I, I just don't I just don't I'm not even that uh, the whole issue Hill I don't, I'm just a bit like meh because mm. he's just a I don't know, you know nothing, nothing against the lad a squad player he's just, he's just filling in a, he's filling in a gap and at the end of the What's day the yeah, but there's as in whether it's him or a youth team player that comes in and doesn't maybe do any better or any worse. Like he's, I, th I just think he's there to fill a gap. And, and the reason why Anne just picked him is because he's the closest player that we have, I guess, who's not who's available to play on the left. Mm. He's got Kulisewski out of position. Of course, he maybe has. I don't. I still don't really know if Lacelso is actually playing out of position or if that's his best position or. He's but, but, a sort but, of square pegging around. Hole. I just think. I, I just think that it's. I'm not. I'm not going to lose any sleep. No, over but, but this it, the in the point, sense that, like, right, it, no. But this is the point: is, is is when you have injuries, and you know, managers will always say players have to be ready to step up. They have to be ready to come into the team and take their opportunity. And you take a look at somebody like Lacelso, who is grabbing that opportunity with two hands to the point where it's like, I'm not going to suggest for one minute that he stays in the team ahead of Madison, but to the point where he is actually now somebody that mm. we can look at and say. He has a place in this team, in this squad, and if Lacelso was starting any given game, you'd be like, "Fine, that's that, that's okay." Yeah, yeah. Right. This was an opportunity for Hill Villa. He did well, okay. It was his first start. He did okay. Well, it was also Lacelso's first. Start. I yeah. didn't think he impacted the game really. He did okay, but but 
and, and, and I, I get, you know, he's playing because of injuries and because of the situation. It's also up against we're in. Carl Walker. Just, yeah. But he's playing. But, but so what? Like, you've got to be tested at the top level. Can you do it or can you not? Well, and, and as much as up against Carl Walker, I'm not even looking for him to necessarily impact the game hugely positively, but I'm just looking for him to not be a weak link. And he was a serious yeah. weak link in that first half. For me, that's a long way of saying we will probably agree he, he's not good enough. Yeah, I think like he, so, he's got no place in the squad. I, I, I won't be upset when he gets sold. He's not my he's not my abiding memory from the game. <laughs> what is? He's my abiding memory of the first half because I was furious. <laughs> well, I want to read you something that Barney Ronnie, who I think in the Guardian, you can say what you want about the Guardian. You don't. I don't read the Guardian because it's this or that. Barney Ronnie is that? people. What do they say? It's this or that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he's brilliant, Barney Ronnie, and he, and he was at the game and he. He said this of the first half, Tottenham Hotspur really, really shouldn't have been able to come away from this injury ravage, at least someone said it, trip to the Champions of Europe with a point. Certainly not after falling behind twice, and even more, certainly not after playing in the first half like a team intent on walking the opposition backwards yeah. into their own goal. Yeah, we were trying to give them a goal. That Doku, <laughs> Doku, Doku, when Davies, Davies is not the best one-on-one defender, and Doku, he just allowed Doku to walk up to the edge of the box and he hit that great shot and hit the bar. Anyway, we go in, Two one down at half time. And then By the way, can you think of any other shots that have hit both the bar and the post? No, I don't think I've ever seen it. It, it hit the bar and then the post. And then the post. I've, I'm sure I've never seen. Lucky it. old yeah. Spurs, eh? I have to say though, of the also sorry on stats, does that count as hitting the what? post? Just one, okay. Oh, right. oh does it? Mm. Oh. I think of the three goals, the second was their best, wasn't it? The what the uh, oh, what is a wonderful goal. And you're going to go away to City, and they're going to do that. You're going to do that, and if you come away having conceded City a really a good of goal, goals like that, then yeah. Well, no, yeah, well, you, well, you accept it. They're a fantastic yeah. team, and that was City prime. Yeah, defensively could have been better, but yeah. you watch a goal like that. That's yeah. prime and, and, City, and, and it, it. I don't know. It's. It, it, I don't even know if it's made any worse by the personnel in our back four. That could well have happened if. Oh, it happens. If they're it, all it, when they play like that and they yeah. move the ball like that, it yeah. can happen. And when you go to City, if, you, if they score a couple of goals like that, you go, oh, they're just phenomenal. Yeah. But when you concede a free kick, the first, that was the a first, needless free kick. The first goal was, was obviously, that does, you know, ten, how many times out of ten does that happen? But it was a, it was a needless free kick to yeah, go Yeah, and we've done play. the same against Villa. Exactly. Celso just kicked him over for no reason. Which is exactly what he did in the Villa, Villa game, didn't he? Yeah, well, it was, they, oh, yes, yeah. it was clearing our lines. It was clearing our lines, and we didn't, we didn't get a good clearance and, and it's resulted in a free kick wow. that they end up scoring from. We can't but afford to do that against West Ham on Thursday because no, they're but, in, insane from set but, but when you see goals like that and then the third goal, oh, well, that's not yeah. how you can't, hang on, can't do hang that. On. Let's, do, let's do half-time first. So if you saw the De- uh, Decky's post-match interview, he basically said, Poch was, oh my God, I've done it again. Postacoglu <laughs> and was really, really angry. Yeah, which Ange, Ange also, they asked him about that, I think, and cla- and he sort of clarified. He didn't say, yeah, I, I was smashing teacups around the room. He he went down the route of, I just wanted the players to believe in themselves a bit more. Now, maybe maybe he was really angry at them, but in a more, he, he said it wasn't about the way they were playing. It was more they needed more belief. And actually, it gives you a little insight. Let's let's say that what Ange has said is, is true, and that is why he was angry. That gives you a little insight into into Ange's his mantra and his way of thinking and the way that he wants his players to play. He all he's angry if they don't believe in themselves enough. How much must that give you a lift? Mm. Right, the manager the manager wants us to believe. You're going to believe in yourself a lot more if somebody's getting angry at you because they don't think you're believing in yourself. Enough. Yeah, yeah. How inspiring yeah, is that? Yeah, very. It's an inter- it's, it's an interesting one because 
one of the things we were guilty of in the first half was actually overplaying and almost believing in ourselves too much on the ball. So I don't think he meant it in that way. I think he meant it much more in the way of step up on them, get up on them, pressurise them and believe that you can and don't be afraid of them coming in. Mm. Because on the ball, I think he's got them instilled in the belief of we're going to keep the ball, we're going to try and do what we can. But it was, it, it, it was not sort of getting up on them and, and, and they just walked all over us in that first half really uh, well, and you talk about get up on them the second goal when Davies wins that header there's a couple of them have got their feet in our half but they're basically all in the city half yeah. or on the halfway line which at that point if one goes over the top Harlan's in He's leaving. but it never happened it never happened because we're up on them and because yeah, you're cutting the, same, the ball off at source. Same against Villa. Diaby and Watkins very rarely got in behind us because that's what everyone was saying. We've got Villa coming up. We've got yeah. um, City coming up. Good luck with that high line. Yeah. But they never, they didn't fire balls up over the top. And you're cutting the ball off at yeah. source, then, then it's not an issue. They're redundant, right? And, and, that's, and Haaland, in the second half, was basically redundant. Didn't see him. Literally didn't see him because the whole thing changed. Yeah, so Davis wins that header, falls to Son nicely, puts in the Celso who... I'm Another not turnover, though. How many goals? We've talked about this before. Sometimes the ones we've... Uh, it was Sheffield United wasn't there. I think there was uh, one against yeah. Fulham. They were higher mm. up, but still, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. You turn over the ball, and within 10 seconds, the ball is in the back of the... That, that, that was a Klopp's mantra. Yeah. Was, was, was win the ball high up, yeah. and a team that is in a, 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 an attacking formation, yeah, can't, suddenly you can't yeah. switch. And that's basically what happened with yeah. City. Davies wins it when they were looking to get out and they're, they're on the front yeah. foot, and bosh, you're, you're, you're in on them. We, um, I'm not going to say when it's on, you know, some players you're like, the moment he puts it on his left foot, you know he's scoring. I'm not going to put the Celso in that bracket quite yet, but the moment he puts it onto his left foot, you knew we got a real chance here. And we talked last week about, I think he had 69 appearances, 59 appearances, I suppose, two goals. And you said, you know, give him a minute. He's had another game, good game. You know, he's got, Two goals in two games. You can't ask for more than that. But it's more than the goals. He was influential on the pitch. Again. Again. He commanded the ball. He <coughs> took the ball under pressure. He used the ball well. Um, and, and, and he had a... I don't know his game stats, but, but he, he was... I think I was saying at the end of the first half, a couple, only a couple of our players come away with credit, but he was certainly one of them. And by the end of the second half, the players of the match for me were definitely Lo Celso and Kulisevsky just manned up in a hell of a way. Um, oh. And that's not just about his goal. He was fantastic throughout the whole game. He was a real problem for them. The deck he had, they were calling it, they called it, the Spurs called it. Yeah. <laughs> like um, we'll come to Kulisevsky shortly. 3-2 uh, to City. Uh, Basuma, possibly, I don't know, on the back of Angie's halftime team talk of go and be you, he was a, he, he, that was silly. He, he'd actually won the ball, I think possibly won the ball back from sort of half losing it, and then he tries to wiggle his way through Rodri, which is impossible. Sort of lost the ball in the same place that Ericsson lost the ball in that Champions League quarterfinal. Yeah, it's quite a similar goal. Yeah. Ericsson lost it a little bit further towards yeah, our yeah, own yeah, goal, yeah. but they've tapped down the right. Harlan puts it in it, and Greedy taps it in. And at that point, you're thinking, okay. At that point, you're thinking... Are you thinking, right? are you thinking, oh, I'm really annoyed we've lost, but, well, at least they're catching Arsenal. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, because no. <laughs> the WhatsApps I'm getting through, and I'm kind of thinking the two going. Ah, oh, well, at least it's three points for City. No, I'm thinking. Firstly, we're going to lose, and we didn't, and we really came and gave it a, a shot that we didn't actually look like we were going to lose. Certainly not late on in that second half. Mm. And 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 secondly, goodness me, 
everyone, nobody gave us a hope in this game. And yeah. again, we're coming away with we, we could have come away with something. How disappointing that we could have come away with something, and we've given it away on that. I think but it reminded me of as I was saying, it reminded me of a goal that we've scored this season, losing the ball. Okay, he didn't do the best thing, but we've done it to other teams. So it it, it, it happens. And also, we've I've said this before. Klopp had it at the beginning. Pep had it at the beginning. If you're trying to instill a way of playing as a manager, you are going to say, if you're going to lose the ball there, that's fine. We're still going to do it. We saw it against Arsenal. We nearly conceded a couple of times, didn't we, when we lost the ball close to our close to our goal. Mm. We got away with it. Mm. And I know the fans and the pundits, you know, some of the, st- the, the stick that Basuma was taking for it. Yeah, he made a bad decision. But Ange doesn't want him to hoof it long. We don't even have a target man up there anyway, no. even if we did. He wants to he wants to pass it through the lines, yeah. transition, yeah. that's how we're gonna play. Yeah. And ultimately, we are gonna lose the ball sometimes. And as I said, Arsenal didn't make his pay, City did. But it, you know what made me think? If, if we had lost, we've come away with them scoring one really good goal. Mm. A freak of a known goal, really. Okay, it was mm. a bad free kick and, and a goal we've given them. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. We could, you couldn't have turned around and said, goodness me, City have absolutely done you over there. They've scored three goals. They played you off the park. You could have done in the first half. Yeah. You could have done in the first half. Yeah. But I think um, there's no point talking too much about what Basuma did. For me, it was silly and reckless. And there's there's a point where it's too much. He took the ball down brilliantly, protected it initially very, very well. And you just got to play percentages sometimes. But my and, point and is, it'll he, happen he had again. Ball. It will probably happen again. We well, just ho- have to. Ho- but, but hopefully it won't, because because there's a time to beat players and there's a time to pass around players. And and that you know he could have passed out to um, whoever it was on, on on the left touch line, and you could have played your way out. Yeah. And that would have been the more sensible yeah. thing to do. But I think the important thing is in in terms of of your question, when that goal went in, it was deflating because mm. the second half was like ah. Oh, this, this is another yeah. performance where we could and should have taken something mm. and we're now not going to. Because I didn't necessarily have faith that we were going to get back into it. Um, but I did have fa- It's weird. At 2 all, I felt we could go on and win it. Of course. At 3-2, I was like, oh, we're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before we talk about uh, the 3-3, three, three, Jake, you, two things you said. How many goals have we scored from uh, turnovers? That we've scored? Well, how many goals have we scored on the back of... I, yeah. can't, I can't give you that. But what I can give you is... Uh, pressures resulting in turnovers this season. Uh, we're second on the list in the Premier League, surprisingly to Everton. But you also mentioned how many long balls we played this season. The fewest in the league mm. by far. Yeah. 481. Brighton the next on 565. Finally, that, that, that list, Tottenham, Brighton, Villa, Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle, Liverpool, City, Man United. Not surprising those are the teams that played the fewest long balls. We have played the fewest long balls by far. Probably the last one we played well, was Dyer against Wolves. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's surprising on two on two counts. As I said, we don't actually... Who are you going to play the long ball to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in any case, I reckon even if he who must not be named was still here at number nine, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be that many balls, long balls because it's just not the way Andrew wants to play. Look at Brighton; they've got they've got t- Evan Ferguson who plays up front, but no, they're not they're not going to hoof it long. That's just how they want to play. Draw the teams on. Yeah, but I think the, the the third goal is a big big goal in our season. It's bit it's a bit of an ironic goal as well because you take a look at the three matches preceding where. If you look at what you deserve from a game and what should have happened, I think we should have got a minimum of seven points out of those three preceding games and no points out of City. And I'd much rather it happened that way, to be honest. Mm. But it is a huge goal because to go for games with defeat, even with the extenuating circumstances and all the mitigation around that, is a hard hit for a squad. But to go up to the champions, one of yeah. the best teams in the world, 
know that you've come away at half time going, whew, okay, we've got away with one and we're coming off at 2-1. And then come off the pitch having won 2-1 in the second half is a big, big thing. And I think that's huge for confidence, huge for belief, huge for the games that we have coming up. And I just feel like it is a big moment in our season. I agree. Although I don't, I don't necessarily think that confidence was down. Not by the way we were playing. I mean... Mm. I just think that, I know Ange said it, um, I think he said it at Wolves, we were struggling a bit on confidence, but I feel that that was more to do with suddenly losing all those players for the next game after Chelsea, and because we didn't look like we lacked any confidence playing against Aston Villa, but no. it's, it's belief, never say die attitude, keep going till the end. We've seen that in a number of games this season. Sheffield United is one that springs to, springs to mind. I mean, yeah. the fans said they wanted to... Um, they wanted to see more from Brennan Johnson. Let's talk to me about that cross. That he's put cross. In. I, I, I don't doubt his crossing ability, his passing ability. I well, he's now he's, he's got an assist and a goal in the last three yeah, games. That's good output. We, we wanted more output. Uh, his, I'd like, to, him, I'd like to see him starts. a little bit more off the edge of the game, but he's well, done well. I think we will. I think Let, we will. Let's talk about deck, baby. Does that work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, little stat for you. So let's talk about deck, baby. Yeah, it's from that let's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I didn't quite hear you. It's good, wasn't it? It's good. Thanks. Thanks. Don't want it to go missed. <laughs> okay, his third consecutive goal away v Man City, becoming just the second player to score in three consecutive away matches versus the reigning champions since. And it's not Frank Sinclair or Gareth Barry. Give me a name. Sorry, three three consecutive goals away to a, uh, a reigning champion. It's going to be an Arsenal player at Old Trafford. Wrong. It's a Liverpool player, isn't it? It's a Liverpool yeah, player. Yeah, I saw this stat, but I can't remember it's who it is. Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy. At Old Trafford. Uh, well, it's between 2001 and 2004, so my brain's not in gear. Probably. It doesn't have to be the same team, but it happens to be City oh, yeah. for, for decades. Um, <clears throat> he... That would have been asked. If you watch the footage, he goes down injured, and he, the commentator says he stayed down for a bit. And then we go down the left, and you see him running... Into the box. I don't need a fourth shower after that run. He's pelted it. <laughs> he's pelted it into the box and he shoulders the ball home. He, someone on one of our WhatsApp groups yesterday said, any running numbers? How, what's Decky's running numbers? Only one player in the Premier League's run more than him this season. Christian Norgard. He never comes off uh, no. Decky. And talked about we need a little bit more outlay for him. Okay, he scored against Chelsea, scored against City again. He's quietly, maybe, maybe it's getting louder, having a really good season. He's having a fantastic season. But I think he's such should, an important player I for think, us. I think maybe he's possibly better as a 10. I think he's not got the pace to be an out-and-out winger. He, he has been surprisingly influential in the last couple of games, much more so than, 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 than I had imagined. But um, what, what he's showing is there's the versatility to... He's always going to be in the starting lineup. He's got value as a winger, as a 10... And just depending upon who we have available, as long as Decky's in the team, then I've got more hope than I would if he wasn't in the team. I just think you look at him and you look at Lo and what have they done in this crisis? They've stepped up. Yeah. And that you can't ask for any so more. So have Emerson and, uh, and Davies. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, sure. Emerson and Davies, but they're doing what they do. Just uh, they don't really, we don't really have a... The output up front, I'm sorry, I don't think anybody expected Kulisevsky to be playing like this. What we thought was out of position as well. But Davis has some experience mm. playing at, at centre-back. You know, Emerson Royal, we know, is a, probably a better defender than going forward. So that is kind of his strength. Who, who's seen Kulisevsky play as a 10? And 
looking at Emerson and Davis and all the people that have stepped up, I think if it wasn't for the team spirit in this team, we wouldn't have got. Nah. We wouldn't have played the way we did against Villa. We wouldn't have played the way we did. And also, City. I know people say we, we rode our luck, but it can't be a coincidence that against the top six, we've beaten United, Liverpool, drawn, drawn with City, drawn with Arsenal. Should have beaten, battered Chelsea. Do we count Chelsea's top six? Oh, the, the traditional big six. Well, and at least two of those results... Uh, the Liverpool and the City were because we basically just didn't give up and we hung in there. Very quickly, we can't beat Liverpool and draw City without there being uh, a referee farce. <laughs> Bit of an odd decision, but let's just quickly nail, nail this down. Grealish, there was no guarantee that Grealish was going to score, right? Talking like it was a tap It's like the last action of the game and... As a Spurs fan looking at it, if the ref waves play on, which he should have done, because it's a bad decision, he should have he should have let the play go on. If he lets the play go on and none of our players catch Grealish before he is anywhere close to the box and brings him down if they can't win the ball, I'll be screwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it means a red card. Take I think the card. one of them would take have caught the red card. Emerson, possibly not coming. It's just not a goal. If it had been Haaland, if it had been Grealish yeah. playing it through to Haaland, you could go, well, a different story. Yeah. But it's Grealish. You haven't got the pace to carry the ball into the box yeah. with Emerson five yards behind it. Like It's just not going to happen. It's, yeah. There's a storm in a teacup. And mostly it's about City being very, very upset that they couldn't beat you know, our reserve team. Yeah. Not my problem. I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Good. Should we talk about West Ham briefly? We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we've got two guests lined up. Mm. Should we get the first one on? Let's do it. Delighted to be joined by Ian Abrahams, a.k.a. the most broadcaster and West Ham fan. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Um, so, a good start for West Ham. Uh, Cruise through their Europa League group on the back of winning, as you said, off a, a European trophy last season. A bit of a mixed bag in, in the Premier League, but still in the League Cup. How's it, how's it going uh, from your point of view this season? Um, it's going OK. I mean, obviously, it must be a, a real privilege for you to speak to somebody who's kind of actually won something in recent years. So, you know, we have a trophy that's got something in it apart from dust, yeah. which is, uh, you know, a, a big thing. And Prague was great. Off the back of that, I thought we might struggle. But to be fair, started well, had a bit of a dip, come through our Europa League group. But the, the start of football is not what you're enjoying. So you're enjoying the, the start of football where more getting sort of the results. I mean, certainly in Europe, we're getting the results. Premier League, ninth place, doing okay, not suffering what we did last season, whereby relegation, you know, it wasn't really an option, but I mean, it was, it was looking dicey at times. Um, would I swap my trophy for your style of play? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is interesting, Ian, because to me, West Ham feel like a club that are primed to go to the next step but something needs to happen. Now, I'm not sure what that is. Is it in the boardroom? Is it at management level? Because it feels as though that European trophy is masking some of the some of the issues there. And and yet you've got this club that, that you know, you've seen the likes of Brighton ahead of them. So, so how do West Ham go to the next step? What needs to happen? Depends what you're defining the next level as. Um, I mean, well, what do you define it as for West Ham? Well, I d like, like Spurs, I wouldn't say that West Ham are going to win the Premier League anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, of the two clubs, Spurs probably will win it before West Ham, if if indeed they win it you know, at all. Um, so it's just about trophies. And West Ham have to wait, what, 43 years to win the trophy last year. Um, so it's not like every season West Ham do well. But they've become very much a cup team under David Moyes. I think the problem West Ham have got at the moment is they're at a crossroads and they don't know where to go. Yeah. Um, managers 
contract is up at the end of the season. To my knowledge right now, there have been no discussions about extending that. So I can only assume he's going to be going. Mm. Um, however, I think West Ham needs to be careful what they wish for. Because last time they got rid of him, they bought in Manuel Pellegrini, which was an absolute disaster. And then had to get David Moyes back to fix it all again. Mm. At boardroom level, obviously, you know, 2023 has been a tragic year with the loss of both David Gold and his daughter Jacqueline. Um, I, and I don't think any of us will know what the strain was put on the likes of David Sullivan and Karen Brady um, because of that. Um, do I think that they'll be around for the long haul? I don't know. You know, when, when the, the investor came in from the Czech Republic, I thought that was a sign that maybe the club would be sold. Maybe the fact David Moyes won't be offered a new contract could be a sign that the club could be sold. I, I genuinely don't know. But all I know is that, as you've just said, you know, we have something to build on mm. in terms of winning a European trophy. The money, unlike at Spurs, when Gareth Bale's money, I think it's fair to say, was squandered. I won't yep. say wasted, but it was yep. squandered, that opportunity. West Ham didn't do that with the Declan Rice money. They got in really good players like James Ward-Prowse, Mohamed Kudus, Edson Alvarez. Um, and I think that, you know, th there are some good youngsters coming through. They're not getting a chance at the moment because of the uncertainty regarding the manager. Is that because of the uncertainty regarding the board, or is it completely different? But one way or another, it has to be kind of sorted out sooner rather than later. Otherwise, West Ham will squander the opportunity that they had mm. building off the of yep. that European success last yep. year. Yeah. Moose, I was actually at David Moyes' press conference last week, and he said that in the at the moment he's trying to level out the club. Um, I didn't really know what he meant by that. Do you know what he means by that? I, I know obviously last season in the Premier League wasn't wasn't what the club wanted, but obviously Europe was fantastic. Yeah, where where how does he sort of you know how do the fans kind of see him go? I mean, you're talking about him not even being there next season. The fan base is incredibly split. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been to a lot of Ange Postecoglou press conferences. I've spoken to a lot of Spurs fans. I mean, at the moment, it it, it really is irrelevant the result of the football match Spurs play because they're just loving the way that they're playing. Mm. And I've got to say, from afar, it is it is brilliant. I mean, it's reckless <laughs> to a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did enjoy his comments after the Chelsea game, that even if they'd gone down to five men, they still all have been stood on the halfway line banging <laughs> forward. I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. But, I mean, I, I do like the way that they are playing and, and, and he is clearly a breath of fresh air. The so all the fan base of Spurs are behind their manager. At West Ham, I'm very firmly behind David Moyes. I think he's done a really good job. Mm. You know, yes, it isn't exactly all our entertainment football every single week, but I think that's hard to achieve. I really do. Um, and I think you only have to look at what he's done in terms of league positions, finishing three seasons in Europe. You know, a European semi-final two years ago against Eintracht Frankfurt, which I thought West Ham would win. Mm. Um, probably a bit of ill-discipline. In both legs. Now Cresswell got sent off, didn't he, a couple of times? Yeah, Cresswell was sent off in, in, in both games. And, yeah. you know, you look at last season. I mean, you know, again, you thought, right, you know, can West Ham do it again? They breezed through their group and got to the final and, and for once didn't muck it up. You know, as a West Ham fan, I was just waiting for them not to win the final <laughs> because that's generally what happens. You know, the so were we, unfortunately. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, but... They didn't muck it up. They, they actually won it. I mean, you know, if you, I've been doing my job for 32 years. I've seen a lot of teams, a lot of managers, a lot of captains, a lot of players. Um, 
that I know go and celebrate cup wins, league wins, whatever. And I've always thought, I wonder what that would be like, you know, for my <laughs> team. Because I remember, kind of remember 1980 really well as a kid, but obviously I wasn't a journalist. Yeah. And to be in Prague to actually witness what it was like for my team to lift a bit of silverware, for the captain of my team to lift, you know, to do the old whoa and then lift it above his head. Amazing. Mm. Um, but I'd like to see that more often. Although part of me thinks having climbed the mountain, mm. I'm kind of satisfied. So I, 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 I'm, I'm in the keeping Dave in most camp. But I know there's a lot of West Ham fans that aren't. And if you have to look at last Sunday's game with Palace, it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't mm. great. Um, and even more fans have come out now and, and, and have a moan, but that's what fans do. Yeah, of course. Mm. I was just looking at yeah, yeah, looking at the West Ham squad. We've, <laughs> we've 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 talked about the Spurs squad this season decimated by injuries. You're playing all these games in in four competitions. December's going to be absolutely chock a block. You've got the League Cup coming up. Still one more game in in Europe. We got one injury, and that was Antonio on international break. You mentioned uh, Rice going, spending it wisely. Is this the strongest squad that West Ham have had for a while? Mm, depends on what you define a while in. Um, West Ham have, have struggled since the days of Zamora and Harewood and, and Dean Ashton. and we, um, That's going back 15 years, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, 10, 15 years to, to having a, a decent striker, you know, a really good striker. Um, they bought, I mean, the amount of rubbish they bought. players define themselves as professional footballers is beyond me. Um, but I'd like to see them either bring, bring in another striker or promote some of the youth players like Divine Mabama. And that, that's the fan base at West Ham, I think, are worried about that. But some of our good young players like Divine Mabama, Earthy, Mark Callum Marshall, you know, uh, Gideon Kaduma, who scored at, at Arsenal in the FA Youth Cup yeah, final, you know, aren't being given a go. And if they're not being given a go, then they might leave. Mm. And then, you know, the great famed. West Ham Academy won't have players coming through into the first team. So I, th I think that's a, a debate. But yeah, I mean, now is the time to kick on. But where do you go and get a striker from? I mean, you know, Spurs had a pretty decent striker until the summer. And then he sold him for 100 million quid. Yeah. He wasn't coming to you. <laughs> no, he wasn't coming to us. Although, you know, I did direct message him on Twitter saying, <laughs> Any chance? If you wanted to join a decent club that actually wins in West Ham, oh. <laughs> uh, just looking ahead to Sunday, uh, it's always a good game. Tends to be won by the home <laughs> side. Yeah, and I've looked at the uh, some of the West Ham players. Some of them really enjoy playing against Spurs. Antonio, but he might be out. Or Prowse, Ings, they love a goal against Spurs. Uh, sorry, Thursday. I think I said Sunday, didn't I? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Thursday. Um, what are your thoughts on the game and a little prediction? I've, West Ham, I think, have been not not great recently at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I mean, there was the, the great comeback yeah. three 0 down when yeah. Lanzini scored in the last minute. Mm. Um, that that was a, a world famous uh, remembered game. So too the, the game actually at Wembley where Son scored, and then mm. um, I can't remember who scored for West Ham that night. Another blinding goal. Another player like scoring against Spurs. Ogbonna scored against Tottenham more than he has anyone else in his career, but no, <laughs> I mean, uh, it wasn't him. It, it, uh, listen, it all depends how Spurs are going to play. I mean, you know, in terms, not in terms of the, the style of play. We know what that's going to be like. Hmm. It's going to be, you know, the way you played all season. The personnel, I mean, obviously, you, Spurs will have to change some of their players. So will West Ham. You know, I feel this could be a game where Will Prowse is, is, is key for West Ham and Kudus too. Um, I think Bowen will probably play again as possibly a false nine um, rather than, than Ings. And I think Antonio is, is out as well. 
Um, I would be happy with the draw. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, West Ham has struggled in London derbies of late, especially away from home. Mm. And I think that you look at the fixtures they've got coming up, they've got Spurs and they've got Fulham. And then just down the road, they've got Manchester United and Brighton. Um, at the moment, I would take a draw. I think, you know, and, and an entertaining one at that, which I think is pretty guaranteed with uh, with Mr. Poster Cogu in charge. Yeah, so West Ham lost nine of the last ten away in North London derbies. We're obviously hoping it's it's ten out of eleven. Sorry, actually, but... the line was pretty poor. <laughs> I'll say that West Ham have lost nine of their last ten away in North oh, London derbies. Because you're at the bus that you've got ready for Thursday. Ian, really great to talk to you. And listen, it's a great London derby. It's one of my favourite games uh, of the season going to Spurs West Ham. But as I always say, good luck for Thursday. But I don't really mean it. But Really great to get yeah. your thoughts. Really great to, to talk to you. As I always, I always say to Jake and, and any other Spurs fan I meet, enjoy your cup final. Oh, <laughs> come on. Thank it's you. It's the other way around. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's firing shots as he's going down there. Very good. Parting shot. Uh, brilliant. Ian, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank Cheers. Thank you. John, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Your mate, the moose. Everyone's mate. <laughs> Everyone's mate. Um, didn't you say? Uh, didn't you say you saw him recently? I saw him at a local petrol station. Hmm. Now we're mates. Next time I see there you him, go. I'll, I'll, I'll say hello. What's it going to be? Moose. Fill up my car. <laughs> <laughs> On those big bucks, you get a talk. To <laughs> uh, big game Thursday. Big game Thursday. He wasn't so confident. I'm really confident. I feel like this team since Wolves, a couple of tweaks has been together. Romero will come back in. That's probably the only change. He might bring Hoiberg in, but the only definite... come in for Royale, yeah. I Rather think, than Davies. I think you have to because you've got to play Davies. Otherwise, you're playing someone out of position, left-sided centre-backs. So I think it'll Ooh, be Davies. Although West Ham are killer from set pieces. They've scored the most headed yeah, goals between, this season. Be, between Romero and Davies, they haven't covered themselves in much glory at set pieces. So no, sure but Emerson's not that tall either. They've scored the most I mean. goals from crosses and I think the most headed goals in the Premier League this season. Here's a stat that's going to probably fall by the wayside at the weekend on Thursday. We are one of only two teams not to let in a uh, goal from a corner this season. Oh, right. Along with... Wolves and interesting off we played West Prowse, Ham. Thomas Socek. Yeah. But it's interesting off we played West Ham in the in the preseason and scored two goals. Conceded two goals from corners against them and Ange said, Well, that's my fault, mate. We haven't practiced them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great point. So hopefully we've, we've been practicing them. So uh, it, it's a really big game. As I was saying, I feel like this team is now they've played together three or four times. I feel like they've got better as it's gone on. Wolves was poor, Villa was good, we should have won. City was brave naive at times but it was Ange that's the way it is and they got a brilliant result and that would have lifted them when we come to the predictions I think we're all going to predict a home win but we have to win I think we will win but it's so important for how it work actually how important is Romero coming back but how important is it for we're not going to get any other players back now for after Romero so. right Sar might come back Romero's obviously key we're not going to get any other players back now for the next probably four or five games. This is the team. Mm. So how in, in a way, all these injuries, it's, it's a terrible thing, but it's so important these players have been playing together for the last three games and they're going to have to now for the next four or five. Yeah, I think Romero obviously comes straight into the team. He probably is in, in place of, of, of Royale. The only other question is whether it's Hoiberg or, or Hill or if Richarlison has enough minutes in him to start. Um, and if he does, then that's, that's, the, that's the one he plays on the left. In terms of the game itself, uh, I think we'd all be very disappointed if, if Spurs don't win. I think the the only 
trap that I can see us falling into is, again, starting like a house on fire and just not killing a team off. Going one up. and We've gone one up in, like, I think, every every of these games, the last four games, we've gone one nil up. Um, and, and, and in each of those games, we've been we've been pulled back. I think we avoided becoming the first team in Premier League history. To go one up in four games and not yeah. win any of them. And, well, and, and, and lose, lose all, all of them. them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that would have been a very Tottenham stat. Um, Do you think if, if Hoy... I don't think Hoyberg will start, but I don't think it's even an option because how does the team then shape up? Even if he does. Yeah, where, where does... Then who's playing on the left? Well, you play, you, play, you play Johnson on the left, you play Lucelso on the 10, you play Kuliseski on the right, as we yeah. did in the second half the other day. Yeah, yeah. I just, but I think... I think he's going to do that. Do I, you? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I also think, I know you said that this is the team. It's not ideal, is it? Having had the same team against Man, Man City, no, but, you would but, want no, that's to bring in was, some fresh but, but, legs. We've only got one, But really. this is what I was going to go and well, say. Two. This is what if I was going to go and say was, was what I'd love to see is us start in the same way as we did against Villa in the same way we did against Chelsea, yeah. but actually take our chances... Blow West Ham away in half an hour because it's, if we play like that, it is possible to do. Yeah, yeah. We could get three goals yeah. up. Always dangerous against West Ham. But <laughs> we could get three goals up and then have the opportunity. Do we even have the opportunity to rest players? I don't know, based on what's on the bench, as you said the other day. But let's get ourselves that lead, put the game to bed, and just be able to have a bit of a, never rest or relax, but save our legs for the game, the really tough game against Newcastle I think we on meant Sunday. he wanted to do this against Luton and Villa, get early goals. And then it changes the way the opposition have to play. And West Ham, if West Ham, they won't play, they won't come out. If they have to come out, we'll, we'll, we'll kill them. But, um, but but we can beat teams when they don't come out. Like West Ham can sit deep, fine. Go and get that early goal, force them to come out, go and get another one, and then another one. And it, we could, if we take our chances and we play like we did against Chelsea and Villa at home, mm. if we start like that, we could destroy them and yeah. West Ham will have to hang in there in the same way we had to hang in against City. So you never quite know. City don't take their chances, look what happens, right? But if we if we start in the way that we can and should, and I hope we will, and we take our chances, this game could be put to bed in half an hour. I'm not even joking. It, it really could be, and I hope that's what we do to them. Also, just I'm just, I'm, just well, I'm, I'm actually quite worried that, that West Ham will A, be able to freshen up their starting eleven way more than we will. Yeah. And also... Having had that comeback against City, you know, to 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 go again with the, basically the same team, also. But that's what I was saying. I think that's a good thing that, in a way, we. No, it, I know what you're saying, but but you're saying as in momentum, you carry yeah. on, just right, go out and do it again, lads. I just think in this case, you would ideally maybe. I mean, as you've already said, you'd ideally want somebody to come in and replace Hill. Is he going to change? Because if you're change, if you if you do that. You're changing the way we've played in the last. In the I last know. I just feel on the back of Sunday. So you've talked not about having... Kuliseski. So now we're saying, well, yeah, you've done really well there, but actually you now go there. But it was still with the same person. Do you I just get feel... the same out of Lacelso? I don't know quite what it is we're getting out of Lacelso as in that position as as opposed to a ten. But we're obviously getting something maybe a bit different. Look, it's good that he's he coming can... from deep a bit more, I think, and he's kind of. It's good that he can move into different positions, mm. and I think it. Having almost the same personnel is a good thing at the moment. If yeah. we had, look, if we had four players coming back, Madison, Van der Veen, but it would yeah. be great. But at the same time, on such a short period of time on the back of that game, I almost feel like having the same players Just available. Go again. I think, I think, going I again. think Hill will get another go. Okay. Um, and it's last chance to really because. It, you know, he just needs to show what he can do. And I, I, I is don't he think over it, the hill? I don't think I don't think it would be the wrong move um, for him to have another go, particularly at home to a team to a team like West Ham that we want to put away. Um, and if he gets that go, I hope he does step up and actually impact the game. Yeah, get we've, him on pens. We've got who? Hill. He took a good pen. Yeah, we are one of three teams not have a penalty, not been awarded a penalty in the Premier League this season, along with Everton and Bournemouth. 
It's a stat zone here today. Stat zone. Should do it more often. Someone's prepared the notes for the commentary team on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we haven't got we've got no one coming back. Romero coming back from suspension. Charleston has sort of come back and Postacoglu said he might get five, ten minutes against City. Who knows how much he can get. West Ham have got one injury. As we said to the Moose, that was Antonio on international duty. Should we talk to a man who knows a lot about injuries? Mm-hmm. Delighted to be joined by injury analyst Ben Dinnery. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. No problem, guys. Pleasure. Uh, so I'm just looking at uh, the numbers on your great Premier Injuries website. Spurs in the midst of an injury crisis, but we're not alone. I'm looking through here. Teams are sort of pushing double figures. Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Newcastle. Uh, you all right? <laughs> Maybe another injury just, in the studio. Crashing the studio. <laughs> um, so Spurs are not alone in this. But with your data, how, how big are these numbers compared to recent seasons? And certainly this stage of the season. Yeah, so we've looked over the first 11 game weeks of the season. And you're right, yeah, we've seen a an increase in injuries um, to give you a bit of a, an understanding of where we are based upon the previous uh, five seasons. So previous to this, we're, we're off around about 15%. But if you look at last season alone, uh, it's up at around about 30%. But there's lots of context in and around that because the difficulty that we've had, certainly post-pandemic, is we're not comparing like for like seasons. We had a Winter World Cup. We had shortened pre-seasons. We had the Euros. Um, so it's very difficult to look like for like, which is why we've got that more uh, of, a, of a long-term sort of understanding of what's been happening. But again, and while those numbers may, might not seem you know, excessive, um, if we look at specific injuries and we look at hamstrings in particular, which you know there seems to be a very high prevalence of hamstring injuries at the moment, then we see based over the last five seasons, we're around about 96% up typically on where we would expect to be, wow. you know, over the same sort of period over those five seasons. It's, it's interesting, Ben, because um, Spurs fans at the moment are feeling sort of pretty battered and bruised with the injuries that we've got. When you analyse injuries and you sort of really try to break down the impact that it has to the individual team, you see Newcastle at the minute with 11 injuries, but I feel like the injury Spurs have got are much more impactful because of the prevalence of them and, and, and there are too many more te- players that would impact the first team directly. How do you break that down when you come to the analysis of how injuries impact performance for teams at the end of the season? Yeah, very difficult. Um, and it's, it's quite subjective. Um, and I don't think there's one sort of magic bullet that we're able to to offer to to really sort of level that playing field. But what we tend to do is we look at a, a rolling three-season average on minutes played in terms of Premier League minutes and also maybe if they're involved in European competition, particularly Champions League. So if a player is, tends to play you know, 75% more or more of, of those minutes, then you know, they may be classed as a, as a category one player. Mm. And then that sort of cascades down from there to category two, category three. In season, it's a little bit more difficult to ascertain, you know, the impact of, of, of certain players. So, um, and you make a good point. Um, even as a Newcastle supporter, uh, I, I thought our numbers were particularly high this year mm. in sort of comparing to, to recent years. But when we looked at last season, we're actually, in terms of our incidence levels, we're actually down on where we were over the same period. However, you know, last year, those injuries were affecting probably the, the majority of those players were on the cusp on the, you know, on the fringes of that starting 11, uh, the Paul Dummets, the Emil Kraft, the, um, the Matt Riches of this world. Whereas this season, you know, we've been hit quite hard. And I know you said 
you know, about your Tottenham and Newcastle out the leading, but we, we've been without Callum Wilson and also Alexander mm. Isak for yeah. long periods. That yeah. leaves us without a, a recognised centre forward. At the back, uh, Sven Botman has been ruled out. That's brought Jamal LaSalle, who's in from the cold. So, you mm. know, we've had some some big injuries in there as well to contend with and, and, and players who are really being pivotal to our success, both, you know, the second half of last season and, and the beginning of this campaign. Ben, I don't want to put words in your mouth and you haven't said this to us necessarily, but are we maybe seeing, a lot of people have said, you know, in the last couple of years, there's too much football. I'm not asking you to say whether there, there is or there isn't, but basically players are getting injured more often and, you, and you've, you've, you've sort of suggested why, but I mean, is, is that part of the problem? The, 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 basically the amount of football that's been played in the last year or so? Yeah, and not just... Uh you know, exposure. When we talk about, you know, the number of games played and minutes played, we talk about that in terms of exposure. The players and the more minutes the players are exposed to, the more likelihood or chance they have of, of picking up an injury. But you know, in addition to that, what really sort of exacerbates any issues that that's going on is is the periods between those games. So, you know, ideally we're looking at maybe a seventy two hour rest between fixtures. Um, you know, ideally in optimum recovery levels, but sometimes that just isn't possible. So we're seeing these congested periods, which we do in and around, you know, the festive programme, which is why we see that high sort of increase in that spike in injuries around this time. And the problem is it, it's not just one, you know, there's not just one factor that's contributing to this. There are several issues going on, which makes it very difficult to manage and why you know, despite the advances in technologies and GPS and assessments and bigger squads and more money and bigger backroom staff, you know, we're still seeing uh, injury lists and player absences, um, you know, go through the roof. Ben, our, our next opponents, West Ham, are in Europe this season. They're still in the League Cup, but they've got one injury, and that's Antonio who got it on international duty. Spurs, we were talking all pre-season about how we've got no Europe. We got went out the League Cup early. We've got loads of injuries. So in my head, there's no rhyme or reason as to why we've, we've got so few games, we're getting injuries. Newcastle, they're in all competitions. Well, they're in Europe. They're a high-press team. They run a lot. Spurs play a high line. They're a high-press team. Do you see anything in the data there that maybe teams who, I wouldn't say work harder, but maybe press harder, have a high line, they may get more injuries? I think it's easy to to look at those headline numbers and, and, and see, you know, the team X has got nine injuries and, and 10 injuries, but you really need to maybe drill down a little bit and understand the mechanism of each injuries. And let's not forget football, first and foremost, is a contact sport. So there are elements of luck involved in that, regardless of how good your players are, how robust they are, how physically they're able to, to handle the demands of football. And you don't play Matt Sometimes. Cash every week. <laughs> Matt Cash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you just pick up injuries because that's where it is. Um, if, you know, if we look at Newcastle, so, you, you know, you mentioned that with in, in terms of our, our pressing and our running stats, which are, are off the charts, you know, in effect, one of the biggest risk factors, uh, particularly soft tissue and muscle mm. problems, is is fatigue. Mm. Um, and, you know, we used to hear Arsene Wenger talk about players playing in the, in the red zone. And those players who maybe, you, you know, you're at risk or are certainly more susceptible to picking up injuries um, the more you're involved in games. And we have that issue with Newcastle now where um, I think we named the same starting eleven for three times in the same week. There was no substitutes against Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Um, and anyhow, just doesn't have the ability to be able to to rotate or certainly maybe doesn't feel that he that he's able to to put, mm. um, you know, 
replace those players on the pitch with, with, with equally, but just don't have the depth because of those injuries. And, you know, so every ahead of every game, there's, there's decisions taken behind the scenes. Um, a lot of those decisions may be player-led. How are you feeling? Are you comfortable? Can you dust yourself down and get out there? Do you feel okay? And of course, when things are going well, confidence is high, you're riding a bit of a crest of a wave. Players are prepared to put their bodies on line, but sometimes, you know, that come back to bite and it's to the detriment of, of both the player and the squad. Yeah, and I can't let you go uh, go without talking about Sunday's game. Uh, the two most injury hit squads probably in the Premier League go head-to-head at Spurs. Quick thought on that one? Uh, big game. Mm. Um, look, I'm just hoping that, um, you know, we get through. Uh, we've got a game midweek first and foremost. Yeah. That's the main thing. Get another three points on the board. Things are going really well here on Tyneside. Uh, you know, Eddie Howe's uh, turning himself into a little bit of a legend. Uh, players are willing to fight for him, so you know, yeah. Go on, prediction. All good. Go on, prediction for Sunday. Three points. Two. Exactly. It's been a bit of a mixed bag for Spurs against Newcastle in recent years. It's always a great game, uh, Ben. As I always say, uh, good luck for Sunday, even though I don't mean it. But uh, good luck to both teams, maybe to get some more uh, some people back from injury. Uh, and great to talk to you, Ben, on the injuries and on Newcastle. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. No Cheers. problem. interesting chat with Ben we know that we've still got a few out for a while but I liked your question Gary about how important the injuries have been we won't know until the end of the season when, when they do their analysis but it's clear that for us and there's a whole host of teams and I can't you know I've not studied what Brighton's injuries are or Brentford's injuries but it feels like for us the players that are out are just massive compared to what others yeah. have had to deal with yeah I mean you look at like City on the weekend it was only De Bruyne really, that was missing. Mm. And even when, when Newcastle come to us, they've got Wilson missing and Botman. Burn. And, 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 uh, you, and burn. you can't tenile it. Burn. Burn, three. Uh, the goalkeeper. Oh, uh, yeah, four. <laughs> okay, they are. No, they right. are fair, really, fair they're enough. really, I think Newcastle Sean is certainly Lord's on the path. Injured, he? He's possibly back. And Wilson's possibly back. Yeah, okay, so they, they actually do it. They they, they're really hit Newcastle, yeah, to yeah, be fair. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But then, but then, better. I mean, it makes it. Mm. Uh, it's not. They that are coping really well. They with are coping, but it, yeah. I also don't think it's that surprising because of um, the season that they had last season. They didn't really. They brought in Tonali, and now they can't use him. They haven't really. Stre- they've strengthened in defence, bringing squad players. It's the same guys having to do it all over again. It's, it's you know, it's very difficult. Mm. I just thought it was a really good chat uh, with Ben, and also with his Newcastle hat on. Maybe we just need good to, to get talk those to his players some inhalers. No. <laughs> well, like it's Klopp. Is that what you're <laughs> you've you've lost Jake there. <laughs> you've lost I'll say him. nothing more. <laughs> I got it. Right. Okay. I got it. Right. Quick look uh, again ahead to uh, keep losing what day it is. Thursday. Yeah, you will by the end of this week as well. <laughs> yeah. With all the football prediction for Thursday night. Um, I'm gonna say two one. Two. Tottenham. Oh, okay. Four one. Two. Spurs. <laughs> Gary's four one three and a half after twenty minutes. Happy days. Yeah. One of my, one of my favourite videos I used to watch when I was a kid was Spurs beating West Ham 5 0 in a League Cup game. Lovely. Go on, do it. I'm going to. Go on. Yeah. Go on. I, I think we're gonna, Here I, he comes. I think we're going to pump them. So 5 0 on corners. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm going to. I'm going to tone that down a little and go 3-1 but with the potential if it is 5-0 to edit this cut this and post it all over social media to say that I predicted it a couple of things 
watch out for me and uh, our new guy Joe outside the ground on Thursday. We'll be trying to collar you for some Spurs content. Might have a little quiz for you as well, but I can't promise. I've got to sort that out. <laughs> so, don't want to make promises that I can't keep, but maybe look out for us. And also on Friday, Jake, I think you're here. Gary, you're not. We are going to record live, which is why I've got you in because I know you've done so much live radio <laughs> and TV to hold my hand. <laughs> you were, were, yeah, I can't wait. Friday morning. Friday morning. Toasting a famous win, no doubt. Five nil or three <laughs> win. A home to West and Ham. Teeing up, toasting one and teeing up, up another. another. Happy days. So two home games to look forward to so yeah we're going to record live on, on Friday we'll have Stats Alley with us and another special guest and another special guest of who, Premier League fame your Premier League fame but I'm not going to say who it is in case he, <laughs> he cancels um, so gents he's hoping for our predictions to come true on Thursday and uh, Jake I'll see you Friday Gary see you next week mm -hmm. and up the Spurs <laughs>